Welcome back to Outdoors with me, Lawrence Gunther. Ever get scared in the outdoors? You're not the only one. Turns out it's quite common. Miss Lily has some schooling to do to teach us how to manage fear. And our special guest is going to give us some tips on how to prepare our body so that we're fit and ready to take on the outdoors. For our tips and tech section, I'm going to speak about what kind of hiking shoes you should be buying and how to prepare yourself in terms of the way you walk. And for reflections, I'll talk about my own little misadventure in the outdoors and how we manage the fear. Come on, Lewis, let's get indoors and find Lily. I'm getting a little nervous out here. <laughs> getting schooled with Miss Lily. Hi, Lily. Hi. You ever get a little bit afraid when you're thinking about going to the outdoors? But I'm not talking just whitewater rafting, but just in general. I wasn't afraid of going whitewater rafting, first no, of all. No, I no, was, no, 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 no. I just were... don't. First of all, I don't <laughs> like that kind of stuff. So I knew I wasn't going to like it, which I didn't. Oh. But uh, I did like seeing you fall out. That was really funny. Yeah, you, enjoy, you enjoyed that. That was the only good part of that day. I know you get afraid sometimes, and turns out you you don't need to feel sorry for yourself. You're not the only one. No way. No, many outdoor enthusiasts like you will admit that the fear is super common reason for avoiding going on adventures in the great outdoors. The wilderness, after all, is filled with all sorts of unknown sounds and personal challenges. It can make anyone scared, you know? Yeah, for sure. I've been at around a campfire at night during a big, you know, storms and, and sounds like that can scare people for sure. They think it's bears. Yeah. Well, the sounds of animals moving too and yeah. the, the momentary surge of panic when you get disoriented on a hike. Oh yeah. I've been there. You know what, Lily? I count on my fear to keep me alive. The people who don't have any fear at all, they're the ones who get eaten by lions and bears because they just don't pay attention. If anxiety related to critters, heights... Heat stroke, bugs, getting lost, have ever kept you indoors. Check out these simple steps from our friends at the Sierra Club. Number one, identify the roots of your fears. Figuring out what you actually fear about the outdoors is key. Once you have a handle on that, you can develop a step-by-step -step plan to work through it. Say you're terrified of spiders, okay? Is it because of the way their legs move or that you think they'll jump out of a bush by exploring? Maladaptive thoughts, you hold and challenge them, the more you'll see that some of the swirling thoughts are irrational. Do your homework. Understand what you're walking into. Walking in, you know, without any prior study, it, it may sound brave. It's not going to help you when things start going sideways. Number two. Get curious about that fear. So fear is a natural part of life. It's the signal our brain sends us when we perceive any type of danger, whether real or imagined. Our emotions act as messengers and they carry important information. Reframing fear as a signal or message can help neutralize some of the negative feelings associated with it. So when an uncomfortable emotion comes up, ask yourself, what does this feeling want me to know? Fear is often a very obnoxious messenger but it's just a signal and it's not a fortune teller yeah for sure you can't turn over decision making about what you're going to do to some mystical power number three is get to know the gold standard for phobia treatment exposure therapy 
A common aspect of cognitive behavioral therapy, this entails getting exposed to spooky stimuli in increasing levels of intensity until the fear becomes extinct. It's called systematic desensitization, commonly used to treat people with specific phobias. Start slowly with less threatening and more stable environments, and then, as you gain confidence, you will be able to take on more intense pursuits. Like learning to swim or ride a bike, right? You just don't jump into the deep end or, or, or get on a mountain bike and go down a giant hill. You start slowly. Work your way up. Number four, develop an understanding and maybe even some compassion for whatever terrifies you. It's okay if you're not ready for to hold a snake or a spider. An alternative route is to learn as much as you can about whatever you fear. By researching interesting facts about spiders so you can find some type of connection and more of an understanding of their purpose on Earth. Knowledge, experience, you know, studying the situation. Those are all important ingredients to overcoming fear. And you can't just skip over that process. You got to put your time in. Uh, Number five. Arm yourself with hard data about your surroundings. For example, high elevation and altitude can exacerbate an individual's experience of anxiety symptoms such as shortness of breath, hypoxia, and hyperventilation. In most new circumstances, you should expect to be anxious, so learn to lean on more experienced adventurers. That person who gives you a heads up and whose enthusiasm is going to remind you why it's probably worthwhile to push through the discomfort and have the experience. Otherwise, you'll fall into the trap of confirmation bias. What's confirmation bias? It's when we're paying attention to that info that confirms our existing beliefs or anxieties or biases. You expect the worst, so you're always looking for the worst, for signs that it's coming. That makes sense. Yeah, they come into the outdoor space fearful, and as soon as the fear feels confirmed, they think it's going to get worse. And they run. And they stop, yeah. Yeah. Number six, practice mindfulness in the great outdoors. So often, whatever we fear never actually comes to fruition, and yet anxiety will launch us into a thorny patch of what-ifs, like what if I get attacked, what if I get heat stroke, what if I fall off that boulder, what if I get lost? So being right here, right now, instead of thinking about what happened yesterday or what could possibly happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So once you're actually outdoors, breathe slowly to trigger your central nervous system to relax and you'll be calmer instead of having an extreme reaction of your fears. Uh, Number seven, focus on outdoor goals. In any unknown environment, there's a natural bias towards fear. Everyone thinks about the potential risks and what can go wrong. We have to train ourselves to think about what can go right. Yeah, just admit that it's going to be a challenge, but you know, work hard, tackle that challenge, stick to it and you're going to accomplish Mm -hmm. something. Number eight, develop more outdoor knowledge because knowledge is power. Learn how to use your GPS or digital compass. You'll empower yourself to overcome anxiety about getting lost, fearful of the sun. If you're afraid of it damaging your skin, make sure you're comfortable and feel in control of the sun protection you're using. No doubt about it. The more you know, the less you'll have fear because you'll know how to manage that risk. Now, this is the last one, number nine. Remember that there's no right or wrong timeline for getting yourself out into the world and that feeling uncomfortable is a natural and expected part of the process. That means you're doing something right. Speaking about doing something right, our uh, bucket list guest is Uh Tyler Marin. He is the inventor of Revision Fitness. And it's all about, you know, training yourself, flexibility, strength, agility, balance. So when you do outside, 
You're not going to just tip over on the first little thing you bump into. Dad, you're going to learn how to do the splits. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Thanks, Lily. Time for the bucket list. Tyler Marin, welcome to Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther, buddy. It's so good to have you on the show. Uh, I've been listening to you on other podcasts and and, and studying uh, all your blogs, your excellent blogs. You're a wonderful writer. You're a storyteller and a trainer. You've got a bunch of stuff going on. Talk to us a little bit about who you are and how you got to this uh, fitness journey, my friend. I think that we've, uh, as, as a, a people, as a society, we've kind of lost that ability to um, recognize the risk versus reward. And, and we, we try to go through life and, and mitigate every ounce of risk we can find. And, and, and I, again, I get it. I understand, like, mm. we want to try to keep ourselves as safe as possible, but I think we've gotten to the point where it's like, if there's any risk involved, we don't, we don't try it. And what people don't understand is you're taking a risk as soon as you get out of bed in the morning. What I try to encourage through my, through my fitness app um, because one of the things I'm I'm kind of proud of with this app is it's not just a, a collection of audio workouts. I've really spun a lot of my personality into it. Um, a lot of the message board stuff that I put up, a lot of the uh, the action group items, and you know, let's let's think some of these things through. I've really spun in a lot of these ideas of like, you know, it's worth it to to put yourself out there to try these things to uh, to potentially fail, but the reward is so great. And I don't think people recognize how uh, satisfying it is to, to find that reward. What you've done with the uh, revision fitness app is that you've addressed fear and you've addressed access and the fear is doing it wrong. Like we're all worried and we all have been told that if you do fitness the wrong way, you can hurt yourself. And there's no doubt about it. If you go sure. too fast, too far, you can hurt yourself. If you do it the wrong way, you can hurt yourself and recovering from injury can take weeks it can take months it can take you know up to a year i've, I've been sure, there sure. plenty of times yep. Yep. But you you've included the motivational part of doing the fitness but you've also included on how to do it you put the schooling stuff in there as well and you've really articulated it and made it accessible so if you have no idea of how to do fitness you've explained it you you teach that first and then you do the classroom kind of uh, training stuff i call them action group items so you go into the classroom section of the of the app and the classroom section is designed to be um, your foundation builder, right? This is where you learn uh, the correct movements. And, and one of the things I try to share a lot is you do this in this program, you do these things so that you can go out and do the other things that you really like to do. Mm -hmm. uh, my experience as a personal trainer is that it, there's a very small percentage of people who actually really like exercising. Uh, and, and I, and I classify exercising in this statement as like, I'm running on the treadmill, I'm picking up weights. I'm specifically, you know, like, cause yeah. exercising, like going hiking is exercising as well, but that's the things that people really enjoy. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I tell people, Hey, jump on the program, do these things to take care of your body so that you can go out and, uh, you know, you can play soccer with your grandkids. You can go hiking over the weekend and not be afraid that you're going to totally mess yourself up. And mm. this is to, to open more doors for you. And it's, 
it's something I'm really excited about. I love it, man. I love it because, you know, like you, I, I grew up on a farm too. And, you know, where every ounce of energy you expend was meant to go to practical results, right? Get the hay into the barn, clean yep. the barn, you know, build the barn, everything. There was so much physical work to do on a, on a farm. It was never done. So you had to, every bit of energy was spent working on a farm. You had nothing left for for recreation there was no <laughs> concept of lifting weights or running on a treadmill it yeah. just seemed like why would you waste your time when there's so much work to do <laughs> right then- right that's the worst part of it right yeah, and yeah. you know one of the uh in the again the i circle back to the action group items there's a step where i talk to uh the listener the the reader about um setting the goal so you know why are you here what is your x factor and you think about what it is you're trying to do and then i try to give the resources and the guidance to to plug into that because you know having been a personal trainer for a very long time i've been a trainer for over a decade now um you know i still come across folks i do manual labor all day long why would i come to the gym and lift weights yeah totally fair question so what your body needs isn't more weightlifting and manual labor. What your body needs is some stretch and some, some balance. The whole idea here is maintenance, care of your body. Find the areas that you're kind of deficient in from your daily activities. Uh, make sure you plug those in to your program. And then uh, that gives you access to all the things that you really want to be doing. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, it's not always just about strength. It's about that flexibility and that balance. And I think that's something that a lot of uh, trainers I know, and I've, I've worked with in the past to them, that's just something you take for granted because, you know, you, they have their eyes. So they, they can avoid a lot of those balance type crisis issues that blind people you know, just stumble into it. It's like, Oh, we're on a, I'm on yeah. an edge of a step. <laughs> <laughs> Balance that, is so crucial. Uh, flexibility is so crucial. Yeah. Uh, endurance and strength, all of them are important. And, and I do, I, again, really try to build that into this program. Let's, let's make it well-rounded because health is, is the ultimate goal. And uh, when you have good health, you have good high quality of life. Uh, and, and again, opens many, many doors. What about young people? Like, you know, I think about when I grew up, you know, they just started coming out with the Walkman, right? And cassette tapes. I mean, I'm, I'm older than <laughs> You're you. You're dating probably. yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm way older than you. <laughs> but then, you know, I look at the tech now that's sitting on my desk that, you know, I have access to and I could bury myself and, you know, getting lost and this stuff. And I pity, you know, what's going to happen when all this virtual reality stuff comes out and headsets get cheap and people just bury themselves in this stuff. You know, that's not going to make anyone healthy. It's going to make everyone mm-hmm. relaxed. I'm I'm worried, and I worry about all the young people that are, you know, with with low vision and blindness who are are bearing themselves in technology. It's so ironic, uh, actually, that you bring this up. I was actually just having this conversation with my wife the other day that I, you know, and this is going to make me sound really old. I feel like people like they hear the the younger generation they hear this they kind of roll their eyes. But yeah, I was looking at these accessible games. Oh man, these are built to be so addictive. These are built to just suck you in. And I want to be clear, there's nothing wrong with choosing to take some time to play some games to sit down and, but you, you sit down, you play uh, with this accessible technology and it's really cool to have. It's a wonderful tool. Um, You've sat for four hours straight, uh, leveling yourself up, getting to the next stage, whatever it might be. And then you stand up and you stretch like, ah, oh, I just got so much accomplished. You have that feeling of accomplishment and you've done nothing for <laughs> done, four hours. You've no, done it, absolutely nothing. Yeah. So I, I try to balance that. And I, you know, I talked to my own kids about this. Like it is 
okay to play video games. It's okay to have fun with, with technology. It's there. It's a wonderful tool, but life needs balance, mm. right? And so if mm. that's all you're doing, if that's where you get your, your only kicks from, then that's not okay. So I try to strike that with this program. Uh, I try to offer a little bit for everybody and as the program grows, as I'm adding more workouts to the fitness studio, more lessons to the classroom section, uh, more fitness plans to the fitness plan section, uh, I'm trying to keep all of that in mind and keep, keep it well-rounded. Tyler, Marin, tell us where people can find out more about you, more about Revision Fitness, uh, and what's involved in signing up and, uh, and boarding you know, the program and, and what to expect when they get there. Revision Fitness is the name of the adapted um, accessible fitness program. So it's, it's totally audio-based. Uh, it's found on all three uh, major platforms. So you can find it on iOS as an app. You can find it on Google Play as an app, or you can go and uh, check it out on the web at revisionfitnessapp.com. So if you want the app version, you just do a search for Revision Fitness in uh, the App Store or Google Play and should should come right up. Pretty easy mm -hmm. to find. Yep. Uh, so you download the app or get on the website and uh, you're going to click sign up to, to create an account and a little bit of information you plug in, your email, phone number, uh, first, last name, set a password and click sign up and you are good to go. It start, automatically starts a two-week free trial. Um, ultimately, my goal with this is not to, <laughs> I'm not trying to trap anybody into anything. I just, come on, try it out. You get, you get full access to it for two weeks to, to try the workouts, check out the classroom lesson, see if it's a good fit for you. And uh, once that two weeks is up, you have the option then to subscribe, either monthly or annual subscription, $5.99 a month USD or $59.99 for the, you know, one year subscription. You, you don't get a gym membership anywhere cheaper than that. And, and if, you know, this is a, an accessible online gym, but there's more to it than just, you know, uh, instruction. I mean, this, this really is designed for people with low vision blindness by someone who's lived all that. And, uh, you know, that's, that's worth gold. That's worth gold because I tell you, there's more stuff out there around fitness that it's just not accessible. And it's, it's so not. depressing when you get into it and you're, you're all ready to go. And within 30 seconds, you've hit a, a systemic barrier and <laughs> you're left off standing it's on your own while everyone so else is rough. moving. And it's just, just getting going. I've yeah. been working on this thing for two and a half, almost three years. I've got plans uh, to, uh, we just released our first yoga workout. Nice. Um, I'm very pumped about that. Um, I've got plans to do a few more of those. I've got some kickboxing work coming out. I'm going to start getting into uh, resistance bands and weight training. And, and it's, this is going to be an ongoing project for quite a while. And fast forwarding, you know, four or five years from now, I want this program to be the one-stop shop for any fitness needs. You have fitness questions. You want to learn how to do an exercise. You want to know what equipment is accessible. You want to have a good community to support you. This is the place you go. So that's my long-term plan for it. After downloading the app and, and getting yourself set up on that, if you're looking for a little bit more, um, we also have, I have a Facebook group that you can join. Um, it's Revision Training with Tyler Marin. Fitness VIPs is the Facebook group. 
Uh, Revision Training is the name of my, my company. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel with a few dozen accessible workouts on there that you can check out at Revision Training LLC is the name of the YouTube channel. So definitely something you can take a look at. And then my personal website, if you're interested in seeing a little bit more about places I've traveled and some things I've done, you want to take a look at the uh, some of the blog posts I've written, is just tylermarin.com, T-Y-L-E-R-M-E-R-R-E-N.com. I'm on all social media platforms. I'm easy to find Tyler Marin at revisionfitnessapp.com. You can email me. Um, and I'm happy to, to connect with, uh, anybody in the blind community who wants to, to reach out. Outdoor tips and tech. Two things about hiking to keep in mind. First footwear, waterproof and comfortable. Nice to have. Ankle support, not a bad thing. You know, a reinforced footbed and toe protection can come in really handy if you're going to be hiking around a lot of rocks that are loose. What you really want in your hiking boot is a wide footbed. Not a high heel, but something wide on the front of your foot. A raised heel will increase your chance of the shoe going over and twisting your ankle. A wide footbed and low heel will keep you stable. To help ensure you don't go over on your ankle, you need to practice walking like a cat. Look at your foot. You've got the heel, which is quite narrow, and the front of your foot, which is quite wide. It evolved that way for a reason. The heel is just there to attach all the muscles and act as a good solid joint. The front of the foot, it does all the hard lifting, all the work, all the ground contact. I'm not saying walk like a ballerina, but if you can keep the majority of your weight on the front of your foot most of the time, the chances of you going over and twisting an ankle or falling down are going to be greatly reduced. For many thousands of years, we got around with nothing on our feet at all, and they did just fine. But if you look at those long-distance runners and how they did it, they ran on the balls of their feet. Skipping, running on a treadmill, bicycling, they're all ways to get your foot used to keeping the weight on the balls of your feet. In 1977, I was part of a venture canoe trip that left from Toronto on Lake Ontario, went all the way down the St. Lawrence River, down the coast of New Brunswick, and then across to PEI. Way after we passed Quebec City, we were paddling in our two canoes, and the weather started turning really rough. The waves were getting bigger, and we were hoping to make it to the next bay and get out of the weather. But you know what? We had to make a decision. Either continue to fight the waves or head over to shore and chance a landing on a very rocky shoreline. We were in two 25-foot fiberglass canoes, and if these things were smashed up on the rocks by big waves, they would have broken into a million pieces. It was scary. What did we do? What should we do? Chance the waves, chance the rocks. Fortunately, by then, we had become quite adept at keeping those canoes upright. We had one mishap in Lake Ontario where one flipped and we realized that going into that cold water was not a good option. The water was still barely above 50 degrees or about 16 degrees Celsius. 
We took a chance. We headed over for the rocks, and we timed it just perfectly. So we jumped out, grabbed the canoes, six on each canoe, and we got them up onto the rocks, out of the reach of the waves, before the next big wave came. But now we had a predicament. We had no fresh water to drink, because at that point, that St. Lawrence River was all salty. We were that close to the ocean. We had no food. We had no sleeping bags. We had no tents. And we had the prospect of spending the night on the shore. Didn't faze us, though. We had been cold and wet before, and we knew the benefits of a good warm campfire. There was tons of driftwood scattered along the shore. We had no shortage of dry driftwood. Before we knew it, we had a big bonfire going. We found a cave that was full of peat moss. We pulled all that peat moss out, arranged it around the fire, and that became our beds for the night. We slept curled up on our peat moss beds, close to the fire, as close as we could get, and we did just fine. We woke up in the morning a little thirsty and hungry, but the water was calm. We got back into our canoes, and we paddled the next two hours, got to the bay, and had ourselves a nice breakfast before heading on for the rest of the day. The point is, we didn't panic, we didn't give up, we didn't lose our heads, we didn't lose our cool. We did what we needed to do, and in the end, we were fine. With experience comes confidence. Confidence without experience is foolhardiness. So, measure the two carefully. And you too will be safe in all you adventure in. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit me at lawrencegunther.com to keep up to date on my blogs and videos. Subscribe to get the latest episodes of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther by visiting your favorite podcast provider. And please take some time to rank us and give us some comments on your podcast provider's site so other people will learn about our new show. Send me your feedback, suggestions, and questions on email at feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at AMI-audio. I want to thank Nazreen Abdel-Majid, Sam Robinson, and Paula Deneen. They're my technicians. The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.